please stand by for another episode of Wired Shut. You've got the wah wah. That was a good end. I know, thank you. Um, welcome to the Wired Shut podcast. Uh, this is Welcome your host. Four. This is your host, Jesse, and he's your host. He's your host, Logan. Jesse. Now do your bit. Host, Jesse. Yep. Host, Logan. Host, I'll just be, I'll fix it in post. It's fine. <laughs> We're fine. <laughs> just just copy paste me from old episodes. Yeah. Like like um, JJ Abrams did too. <laughs> Various Kenobis. Yeah. Yeah. Ken's Ken's apostrophe Obi. I thought you were gonna say Ken's Watanabe. Yeah. I don't know, Ken's Watanabe with you. Let them fight. (laughs) So so Star Wars Nine was trash. Yeah, really just I wanted to like it. Well we all want to like Star Wars. Do we though? Yeah, but yeah, we do. Well, I mean, I, I, I think emotionally, I gave up on Star Wars a long time ago. You know, it, it even just included things that they had no business trying to. Why add another droid? What purpose did that serve? Why did each? Um, it was it was purely to explain a later thing of why a thing could happen. There's what I remember reading a review that was talking about that. It seems like so many scenes were just oh. We want this thing to happen to get us to our end fight. So, what we need to do is, um, like, roll backwards about a hundred scenes right. and place a, a a droid person with that knowledge just arbitrarily, or like mm. a MacGuffin. Yeah. What do you mean? Why did this? Why did these movies in particular stop putting people? in positions with knowledge that each film obviously has oh this thing we need a little bit of knowledge shared with some at some point with the new people let's not just introduce new people who know this information we're just going to introduce people for the sake of introducing people now we're going to introduce a droid which has that information i think at least the droid could be offline and that way it doesn't confuse as to what where this person's been and what they've been doing right yeah um because so much of this is like there's just an arbitrary loss of knowledge into oblivion that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Through through the Star Wars movies, that's always been a thing. And it and it just gets more egregious with the modern films where it's like, yeah, nah. Somewhere between like you know, between the prequels and the originals, there were so few force users because Anakin killed them all that people kind of roll the eyes at Anakin's hocus pocus of his chokey move. Yeah. It... But but also they all answer to a guy that is known to be like an extremely powerful evil sorcerer and Darth Vader actually can choke people with his mind or whatever he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It... So there's there's always been a disconnect in Star Wars of do we believe in the force or not? Like, yes, the prequels exist in the Golden Age when the Force was, like, something that everyone knew about and sort of respected in some way. Yeah, yeah. But 
they've they've never justified why that just within the space of less than one lifetime um just everyone forgets like unless it's they want to go really hokey and say that's palpatine's doing or that's or like if nobody believes in the force then the force gets weaker and like disappears from view yeah which I don't know, but like, you you basically have to make up your own explanation to even justify why core elements in the good movies make sense, let alone the one that just makes no sense. Yeah, like you've got the Republic built upon the idea of uh, using the Jedi who have powers as peacekeepers, and then you've got the Empire who don't seem to believe in their own Sith alignment, and why yeah. is that they're um, aligning themselves with generals and? supreme chancellors etc they have these weird powers these people just happen to be in those positions of power and uh, yeah i don't really i i think it's because they all like rule from the background hmm. that that but then you a got, lot of yeah. the arbitrary like bureaucrats of the military in the empire wouldn't necessarily know palpatine even existed like, they know they're ruled by an emperor but how many of them do you think have actually ever seen him hmm yeah, but then, but then at the same time, you had the like, emperor yeah, act as and, a um, as a diplomat before. Yeah, the, so, the, so they the they at least are established that Sheev Palpatine was a real man at some point. Yeah, but that is also then, but like his big, the guy that seems to be kind of both on top of, but also separate to the power structure, Darth Vader, is some sort of like hatchet man for the emperor who just gets sent on missions to right wrongs within their own ranks is from what i can tell is what his job is that's what it seemed to be yeah yeah so i mean that's that's how star wars rebels and all that make it out to be too like if a group pops up that seems to be vaguely jedi based and is too much for too much of a match for the local Gestapo guys mm. basically just Darth Vader gets sent in to fuck them up. Yeah, yeah. But like all these people know enough about the legend that is Darth Vader to know he's terrifying and that you shouldn't piss him off. Yet in the same film where that is first explored, a guy goes, Ooh, you and your shitty hocus pocus, shut your mouth and sit down and gets choked to death with magic. Yeah, and you have to assume you know? he spent the last and they, um, they never, 30 there's years no, seeing that. Like, is that, this a guy that just got transferred from outside the Empire into the yeah. ship? It's <laughs> like his first day, he's calling out Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, just, but, so, like, you have to accept that, in order to accept even the good Star Wars, you have to accept that a lot of the plot doesn't actually make sense. No, it's... Because, like all Star Wars movies, it's been shot of uh, they shot a whole bunch of nonsense scenes and then they just strung them together in an editing room yeah and every that each, is literally each the entire nine movies each successive film is designed to designed to unwrite and rewrite the last film yeah um and if they're not doing that they're literally just how about the previous film but bigger yeah i mean in this i i don't who lets J.J. Abrams... Like, surely his stock must be going down by now? No, it's going up. He just signed a deal with um, with Warner Brothers, like a $500 million... Um, 
But he doesn't actually know how to make a movie. No, but I, I was I think listening he, to the he's Kevin. more about a like box office returns guy. I don't yeah. think he actually has any stock in the value of film. Well, no, but like I was, no, I just heard this from another podcast, but um, it's it seems too good of a coincidence for uh, Warner Brothers to spend that m- amount of money on Abrams when they've literally who's the king of rebooting universes when they've got that massive failure that is the DC universe just waiting to be rebooted again like that's oh, their last big thing happen. well I mean the only other things that Warner Brothers owns are like um, Harry Potter and I was going to say Bond but not Bond but yeah like Harry Potter which doesn't need to be rebooted It's it's just got longevity into it but yeah, the DC universe is a shit show. So, do they? Actually, that's a, cre- a good point. Credit where credit's due. Harry Potter is the only eight movie franchise that just got it right. Like told a story. It just yeah. it it told a story. It got it right. It had multiple directors that weren't all following the same visionary path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet the series is entirely cohesive. And you never once hear the same stories that you hear every time a, a new DC film gets released is, oh, Warner Brothers executives had to like jump in and mishmash it to turn it into like a monster yeah. energy drink commercial or remove yeah. certain elements or cut it down from three hours to two hours and 40 minutes. But that 20 minutes they saved to be able to play an extra screening a day cost them their entire Do you think movie. it's because um, um, J.K. Rowling demanded they stay English movies? Yeah, because did you know that that. when they when they went to make them into films, they wanted to um, put Hogwarts in America and make Harry Potter in America and do it that way. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't really understand that. When you've got the the entire creative stock of all British actors ever who eventually appeared in it, Um, and and they got what they wanted after all. Anyway, British story. They got what they wanted with the new ones anyway, didn't they? Yeah, a more American slant on it, albeit one that told a story and then had a second movie that didn't tell a story, and you can really tell. Yeah, they weren't connected at all. Um, Have you seen Fantastic Beasts too? Yeah, yeah, and that's where it really falls just, off. It's, it's like, one oh, of those movies gonna... that just happens at, which is the new thing for blockbusters now. Yeah, they don't. They happen at you because it's already pre-written what's supposed to happen in the next movie in the series. Yeah. It's it, it got got a touch of that Hunger Games thing where it just okay cool the trains left the station just have these things at you and um you'll be thankful for it because because we're just gonna do it that way deal with it yeah um and and the the biggest thing you get out of anyone is people going ah oh, that's a story beat I recognize ah yeah. oh, that's a story beat I recognize. Ah, oh, there's a character that I am aware of but have never seen translated to visuals before. I mean, yeah, like you said, credit where credit's due. That's when the second Fantastic Beasts movie is the weak point in the entire franchise. You're like, huh, okay, all right. Yeah. After after what <laughs> nine movies, they got one average. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's not an average movie by like on if if you, it's weird if you removed the first Fantastic Beasts, this one would have been really cool. But they sit themselves. Well, yeah, because it's a retread and it doesn't do anything. Yeah. It just recontextualizes the exact same story and wedges in a A little bit more bad guy and a weird gay romance subplot. Yeah, which was. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's yeah. They're, they're starting to trip over themselves, Hobbit style, where they're trying to um, retrofit certain aspects of stories that have already been told into the, their own narrative and explore it. Yeah. But they're, they're blurring the lines a little bit with certain aspects. It's like the way that yeah, Rowling could say what she wants, but she did actually write these characters a certain way, and to go back and change that after the fact, you are actually removing legitimacy from your own story yeah like if you wanted him to be gay then just write it that way from the first place and because it's arbitrary he's not a character with any like i feel like the logic was well he never had any romantic interest in the story so i can just say this yeah, I mean, he was. I mean, you even look like the archetype of a um, of a wizard who's given up all, um, all, yeah, all concept of sexual conquest to be able to become the best wizard possible, which is just playing into the whole turn thirty. If you're a virgin, you become a wizard. <laughs> well, that's basically <laughs> that what he did. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a thing going around, a meme on the internet for so many years. Um, yeah, well, there's there's so many characters that you think about from history that you like now granted i am the first to admit that so many historical stories have just for lack of a better word whitewashed the blatant homosexuality out of certain characters Mm. like every mustache twirling villain is just a caricatured gay man but that's that you know like the joker is a caricature of a gay dude they all are then Batman is an angry gay man too. <laughs> um, but the what with all that leather? Yeah, it's a leather daddy that refuses to during the daytime admits to his butler or his uh, boyfriend that he's gay. <laughs> his manservant and his living boy child. Uh, shit. I have a gala to go to with Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, Catwoman's a fair keg. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's also characters that just, you know, like like old man Obi Wan. It's like, no, he's just kind of a sage character. I don't associate him with because it's like you know, like fucking... imagine Master Roshi if he just was never a horny old man. Well, he would have been. Doesn't that actual... seem more normal to you? Yeah, that's the actual archetype of the um, warrior monk. The, the sage, yeah, and it's yeah, especially people that Which is why that themselves to a yeah. cause that refuses to let you. Yeah, that's the entire joke of Broshi as well, is that he's this old grandmaster who also happens to be a massive pervert. So he managed to get both, <laughs> achieve both yeah. things. Um, yeah, but I like that. Eh? That um, Obi Wan is considered a sage. Of a character, but no, she fucks. <laughs> she, she, she fucks all day. Who did she fuck? <laughs> I don't know. Was, was that couple that was clearly just Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru over again? Yeah. Um, um, was was that... Was that... It was meant to be Matt Smith, apparently. The dad. Matt Smith. Yeah, Doctor, the weird-looking Doctor Who with the oh. face. But they... He would just be too confused on screen. Yeah, um, but you, can you imagine as a, a like Matt Smith um, palpatineized with the, like the emperor face with that forehead? Imagine if if Sheev like just had a son so that he could download his brain into 
his son's body and continue and that's actually who the new the new emperor is it's just a matt smith younger version voldemort style weird yeah clone type thing again a, another more inventive and more intriguing choice than what was actually yeah. done in the movie. i mean yes um, you really want um ian mcdermott's cool voice over like a 7.1 surround sound for you yeah. because those were the coolest bits in the film i just kept sitting there watching it and listening to his voice and went huh but the rest of it was garbage yeah, and also, yeah, I mean, we, we already sort of had this text conversation beforehand, but why did he go from a normal-faced, white-eyes, shadow, black, muckman yeah, yeah, yeah. version, but clearly had Ian McDermott's normal face, yeah. and then when he took on that life force and was healed, his face melted again like it did when he got his own electricity reflected back in his face. I have to assume. Do you notice that? Yeah, I have to assume, and no one. I literally sat there and went, "What has happened?" Yeah, um, I have to assume when Windu actually melted his face. He didn't melt his face so much as he like ripped away his entire fake visage, but it so just, just didn't come across that way. Yeah. Um, so him at full strength and him being like, I mean, he explicitly says the words, "My." like body is the attempt on scared. my life has left me scarred or whatever he but said. that could have just been a ploy for him to explain away what he actually been. looks like because you look at um well the, that's the thing that i liked what lucas was doing is that you, there's a physical ramification to turning to the dark side that your body does um mutate in some yeah, way that's why anakin's, you kind of... anakin's eyes went all yellow and general grievous's eyes were the same as well um yeah uh, darth maul okay. but and when so you're... my my biggest gripe with the um the prequels is that all the best actions by all of those characters don't happen in the movies. Yeah, well, not Clone Wars. It, and it alludes right? to so many awesome things done by all the characters, including like Grievous's actual um emergence and origin as a character is just never shown so you're just like general grievous is there general grievous and then they walk onto a ship and there's general grievous Mm, mm. and Ah. it's established by the conversation that they've met him before well that becomes a running joke and um i think it was the clone wars tv series that um anakin and grievous despite being on the same missions at any given time never actually interact because they can't because that's how they were written in um episode three that they meet at the very start of the movie for the first time so you see, oh, really? yeah, there's constant years with her. <laughs> um, there's one where Anakin's like face down being led out of a prison, but um, as General Grievous walks past or through the same corridor as him. Yeah. But he's like unconscious or something. Because he's unconscious, he just doesn't see him. Yeah. Because um, Grievous is almost like Obi-Wan's nemesis. Yeah, and I really liked that kind of... The extent of the Clone Wars. Yeah. Although, if you go by more clone wars shit than it's technically robo legs um uh, maul isn't it yeah yeah who Which did is... robo legs maul serve after palpatine kicked him to the curb no one no one he he still embraced the force but he didn't align with the sith he went back to his home planet and um lead so he just went him. back to being a did you see um, on Mandalorian, um, Mr. Krabs played one of Darth Maul's people? Yeah, yeah, the um, the goon with Bill Burr's character, the big red dude. Yeah. Super strong. I didn't even pick up on that. Like, normally, I'm, I'm <laughs> the first person to understand, like, that's Clancy Brown's voice. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's the dude from ah, Carnival. Ah, 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 ah. Um, also, did you notice Bill Burr um, 
plays himself to such an extent and is so natural at playing himself that, he's a really that good he looked like himself. he was a higher tier of actor than everyone else. <laughs> it's like, you... why are these people all doing like um, all these... Star Trek episodic type acting yeah, yeah. and Bill Burr's acting like he's in an Oscar winning <laughs> movie about finding yourself? Well, he's just showing up as Bill Burr, just pointing out the stupidity of any given situation, especially in yeah. like nerdy Star Wars, and then go, what are you, a Gungan under there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Misa. <Batnick. laughs> I mean, he was the one that was like, "Why the fuck are you all pointing guns at each other?" Like, I, I liked that he actually got to be Bill Burr. Yeah. Um, slightly off topic, but I had had the thought before because I read it the other day. But um, when we're talking about Darth Maul, um, yeah, and Obi Wan kind of having that rivalry, the reason Obi Wan was able to beat Darth Maul when Qui Gon couldn't comes down to the color of their lightsaber. Why? So, um, Darth Maul partially colorblind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, uh, well, it's the style that's associated with the color. So, the blue lightsabers, um, the Jedi that use the blue sabers are traditionally better Lines. skilled at hand to hand combat because they're yeah, the warriors, the, the soldiers, whereas the green ones are essentially academics. They study the force, yeah. they don't use it to enhance their fighting abilities, they use it to learn. Yeah, which is why he had the whole force ghosty thing explained away as well. But that's why he got bested by um, Maul because Maul used similar styles to what um, Obi Wan later used. Yeah, I, I like the. Have you ever seen it pointed out? I think Red Lead Media's review does a pretty good job of it. Every single hunch or decision that Qui Gon makes does not go well. Yeah, because he lives in the moment, man. <laughs> no, but, but he, he's like you know when he he like. Um, meditates and just tries to suggest an action and then they take that action and it just <laughs> doesn't work yeah fails miserably or um enemies or circumstance gets in the way and just because of that it starts going quite on gin as in like g-i-n and then like rib jabbing with an elbow implying that he's a drunk all oh, right <laughs> he's a fucking hippie man he's just stoned the entire time that's why he's got, he's just, got that green lightsaber yeah, but, like, I mean, what was the purpose of bringing Darth Maul back in Rogue One if they're more than likely... Uh, not Rogue Solo. One. Was it Solo? If if they're most likely never going to revisit that again. Yeah, they won't, unless he shows up in the Obi-Wan series that's coming to Disney+. Plus. I mean, that would be worthwhile. Which could explain why. Have you seen finished The Mandalorian yet? the latest yeah. episode yeah so the dark blade the dark saber that um moff gideon has is uh wielded just by a vibra sword isn't it yeah essentially um it's run off it runs off kyber crystals though but um it... but yeah i mean i don't, I don't obviously you it's, know it's... anything that's not disney's canon now is just legends but those swords were always just a thing that existed. They just weren't as well made, or as, and they didn't have the prestige of. Well, they don't need to be wielded um, by force wielders. They um, they are strengthened by rage and fury, though. So, but not necessarily like force energy, which is why only. Uh, and that's the thing: the dark saber. There's only one of. So whoever owned it before, they've tracked who owned it before him in Clone Wars, um, and before that it was Darth Maul. Like the oh, clone. so this is actually a special relic. Yeah, yeah. It, okay, it's been around for so a I long, was, long time. I recognised it from the um, 
Knights of the Old Republic were. That yep, swords is... that looked like that were literally just something you buy over the counter that yeah. has no magical ability to it whatsoever. Which it's I just th- like a laser. I think sword. that sword has a has a an origin in, in the Old Republic. Like somebody did wield it back then, and it found its way through to eventually Darth Maul, who had it for a while. Um, along with his own So it's basically lightsaber. the Elder Wand of the yep. Star Wars universe. Essentially, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so where, where was Black Planet in the Red Mist? I've no fucking idea. Like, yeah. Because it was in Endor. Maybe it was Endor. No. No, because it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and the other planet that has the Death Star on it isn't either. No, it is. So did 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 they find? How did they find the Death Star chunks? Uh, I can't even remember that movie. No, so Jesus. hard to follow. They followed they... something there. Was it they, the... did they crash? No, they did. Map a course for. Wasn't it, it the dagger? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the because um, before that they found the bounty hunter's body who. Yeah, the dagger, and then they learned. They did the um, 3PO thing before that and used his brain. But the, it used a riddle. It had a riddle, but didn't that just tell them? Did that tell them the planet? I don't know. The movie is literally find a MacGuffin to find a MacGuffin to find a MacGuffin to go to the Emperor, and then just shit happens at everywhere. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, what did it and say? It, is, it has worse than. Um, Game of Thrones level armies just spontaneously appearing out of nowhere. Yeah. What did you think of the um shit, what was it? Um Somebody criticized Best, best how... acting in the movie was the old Australian guy. Old Australian guy? Is he Australian or English? The um he was playing like the guy that was actually running the first order by Palpatine's rule. Oh, it was, um, it was like Richard E. Grant? Is that who it is? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He was the first one that was like, "This is like a proper old-fashioned um, uh, empire commander." Mm. Well, that's who. Yeah, exactly. He he should have been introduced in the first one. Yeah, as like the new mm. um, Grand Moff Tarkin. Like that should have been yeah. not um Dom Dominal Gleason's character as Hux. As good as Hux was as a shitty um whingy space Nazi, he shouldn't have been actually in charge of anything. No. Also he got a completely retarded character arc and then send off. Yeah. I did like his justification for being a spy, though. <laughs> I don't care if you win, I just want to Kylo Ren to lose. <laughs> yeah, such a weedy little bitch. It's just entirely... His, his entire life had been shaped by the fact that Snoke had pitted the two of them against each other. Yeah, yeah. Which, why? Yeah, I don't... I don't know... And what was Snoke anyway? Was he just a puppet? Like whenever he spoke, was it actually just Palpatine speaking through him? 
Yeah, well, that was what Palpatine said. I take on many voices, all the voices inside your head, and that included Snoke, Mm. Darth Vader. Which makes no sense. Like, why did... Was it established? Kylo Ren hearing the voice of Darth Vader in his head. Had it been established that Kylo Ren didn't actually like the Emperor right from the get-go, from the first movie, that he wanted, like, Vader, but, like, did he know the truth? He must have. Luke must have told him. That Vader, no. Vader being double crossed, or you know, Vader was something, something, but the Emperor was the real bad guy. So, if he was he really only turning knew to Vader, that, is like the evil guy who failed. Which makes no sense if you wanted him to. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if if they were all afraid that he would just become another Vader, yeah, Luke could have just said, "Hey, well, actually, Vader wasn't evil. He just struggled. Yeah, he was just he was emotional because losing his wife." <laughs> Which he wasn't allowed to have, and blah blah blah. Meanwhile, oh by the way, yeah, we always knew you were a Palpatine. Um, it didn't stop us from teaching, teaching you the ways of the Force, though. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, which invalidates what happened to Kylo. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> I don't. I in, I I'd I'd be interested to know what Colin Trevorrow's like plot for the third film was. Because they gave him, like, story by credit, even though his story wasn't used at all. Well, if anything, they used his, they credited him for the story because every one of his plot points that he had set up, they tore down. Yeah. You want to subvert expectations? Let's subvert your subversion, you son of a bitch. Oh, no, that's not Colin Trevorrow. That's... Oh, right, yeah, yeah. It was um, Ryan Johnson. Yeah. I don't know. I don't no, know Colin Trevorrow they... was originally meant to... Direct off, the right. third movie, but I, I think it's because like how hard um, Ryan it? Johnson torched the original three movie plot, but yeah. um, Colin Trevorrow was like, "Yeah, now nah, fuck this." Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which I don't even understand why you do that. Like, why hire a different group of directors if you don't already have the story mapped out? Don't and then to give them hundred percent le- creative writing control over the plot. Like let him let him play with the dialogue for sure, but don't change the actual beats of the story. Like that, sh- it shouldn't matter which director helms that because it's to think yeah, that they did something worse than what Lucas did. Lucas, at least as shitty as a director as he was throughout the films when he was had the chance to direct, he wrote it. Like so, the story was told. There was a beginning, middle, and end, and he told it. He didn't. The closest you got to him undoing what he had done was. All it is is just a fan theory that people think that uh, Jar Jar had a bigger role in the in the sequels, but he pulled back on that and, re- and wrote him out because he's a garbage character. But um, yeah. credit with yeah, like with him at least he he told a story. Yeah, and, and I'm surprised they didn't try to tell that story again to pol- like to let him actually finish his story for the the third trilogy, as shitty as it might have been. Inter- or ridiculous as it might have been, um, you map out any story um, and just read it off a, off a piece of paper, and it's like this is shit. But in the right hands, you could make it into something really cool. Uh, he wanted yeah. to explore the midichlorians and like their universe at a micro level, and and do weird shit like that. It's like you didn't do anything any less weird than that in these new movies with this like sh- teleporting across the fucking galaxy and. All these weird, stupid moments that happened in these films—they like shit. Just let it be 
100% locus at least it's then it's it's genuine yeah and that that yeah you're exactly right there like the they made so many retarded choices that didn't have any logic to them so yeah how can you criticize somebody else's choices for being dumb ideas at least they had ideas yeah this is just the force the force awakens is just um the original movie over again mm-hmm then the second movie was, hey, we copped some flack for doing a soft reboot, so let's do something entirely different. They gave too much control to somebody who I don't think he was sort of ready to deal with the project he'd been given. Mm. I don't know what the deal was there. And then they backpedaled and went, shit, we better rewrite the ship. And they just went back and tried to basically again do the third Star Wars movie. Their mistake was, yeah, making it part of the 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 original, like making it a direct sequel to the original trilogy. If they could have told so many different stories across that universe, um, supplementary to the actual main plot that Lucas wanted to tell, and you you wouldn't pull anything away from either party if you let if you made them do it that way and just let Lucas tell his original nine piece story about the rise, fall, and redemption of Anakin. Because that's all he wanted yeah. to do was tell the story of the Chosen One. It was only ever meant to be Anakin's story, not the Skywalker saga. Um, yeah, well, the the concept of finishing the Skywalker saga has no actual bearing in any story that needed to be told. No. It was entirely just um, Disney trying to sell a reason for these movies to exist. Which there wasn't one. No. These movies... Um, seven, eight, and nine only happened because we were told they were going to happen. Mm. There is no other reason that they exist. Yeah, like fuck the like, people. The who original say... three movies were four, five, and six, yeah. and for years everyone went, "Well, we know that these are movies four, five, and six. We're a one, two, and three. Yeah, yeah. So at least the prequels had a story that they were supposed to tell that was set up from the beginning. Yeah, and fuck anyone who says that how like Star Wars would be so much better, but just out of Lucas's hands. It's like, well, Star Wars is Star Wars. It's only ever going to be something out of Lucas's brain in the first place. It just depends on who he surrounds himself with that determines the level of success. Can you imagine what it would be like? We saw what happened with the fourth Indiana Jones, right? They still had everything yeah. in their hand to make that a successful movie, and it still sucked. Every element of that made sense if you actually put it on paper. You, yeah, and you compare the the plots of those movies compared to the other three, and you're like, yeah, of course he jumped into a fucking um, fridge and survived a, yeah. an atomic bomb. Like, there's so much. Like, they literally deal with the Ark of the Covenant <laughs> in one yeah. of those movies. You, Do you remember the part where the man sticks his hand in his chest to pull his? Yeah. fucking heart out because of like some sort of ritualistic Indian spell death that he's cult the, ritual yeah, exactly that these just... are not yeah realistic movies um and they're, they're quite hokey yeah and you compare when people complain now about... granted it's it's more like they took the let's make another kind of temple of doom type movie mm-hmm. versus the other two which were the actual good indiana jones movies but like, yeah, it, and it was era appropriate. It was now the 50s, 60s or whatever, so it makes sense that the threat they were dealing with was Russian Russians instead of Nazis. And yeah. it made sense that they were dealing with crystal skull aliens as opposed to um, you know something more appropriate for like the Nazi era. The way they should, like, have, um, they should have come back with the new ones is 
introduce a new a new arc essentially a new trilogy um to say you know the the age of occult is done like hitler's gone so occultism is dead no one really gives a shit about the mysticism of the world anymore what they're focused on now is new unexplained technologies that have existed possibly across yeah. dimensions or which the first part of that would be crystal skull and then you could play into um mind altering substances in the 60s if he went forward again in the in the in the, in the next one and played around with like mk ultra level kind of um yeah and you but you'd bring yeah, it back well, down it, to but it, it connected to the like prevailing fears of the time period and yeah, don't tell george Lucas nazis did actually get into occultism occult right? shit yeah, and did yeah. look for the um the holy grail they looked for the ark of the covenant they looked for um the fountain of youth all of that shit. yeah like they were and what 50s and 60s are about nuclear weapons and if you believe that stuff um roswell. 50s and 60s roswell creations. roswell yeah. and unlimited energy sources and all that stuff you hear about from yeah. um bob lazar those um stories about major uh, laser yeah um about unlimited energy sources that were discovered in the 50s and 60s yeah well crystal skull could have been a really good way to tell that story yeah it's, and it, it was all there on paper but it was it was the same shit that let him down in the prequels really it was well you spielberg came I to don't the table on that one i don't do, understand i think we give spielberg old too much spielberg credit. a lot of credit that only young spielberg deserves mm. Yeah, and we're not um, we're not accounting for the producers that would have orbited both of their nerd brains to make sure that they stayed on track with um, telling a you know creating a love letter to those old sort of movies, which is what the original trilogy of Indiana yeah. Jones was all about, right? Um, yeah, well, yeah, well, I mean, that's all George Lucas has ever done is sort of been enamoured with um, sort of pulp, pulp fiction. Mm. Yeah, he, he made extremely pop fiction. It's based on the old mummy movies and, and those sorts of tales. Yeah. and um, Star Wars is so because is Star Wars because no Flash one would let him, and... no one would let him make Flash Gordon, so he made his own. Yeah. Um, yeah, and all these, of his other non these are simple things with what should have really really simple plots. Well, all of his other films that aren't Star Wars. And Indiana Jones are just um, what you got one set in the nineteen fifties. Uh, Red, Red Tales in that weird, um, like CG elf movie. Yeah, uh, you've got well THX one one three eight, which is, is its own beast, but not really a love letter to anything. Um, At least it was um, experimental in its time, I guess. Yeah, it was. It's the most left of center thing he's done, I think. When you look at it, that's all, a young filmmaker. Yeah. Because he did that, uh, was it that pilot that he did that movie after Star Wars about those pilots? Read something. Yeah, that's Red Tails. Red Tails, yeah. Which again was a love letter to um, World War Two pilots and just yeah. Which and I I didn't see it, but I'm thinking old. it would have had a slight Pulp Fiction bent to it. Yeah, itself. it would have been. It, it was it was um, an awe of those old gunnery movies like, where you put the star. Like, Tales of heroism. Yeah, yeah we, those we, kind of kid comics of warriors. We yet occasionally cast somebody who had literally gone to war. They'd won a medal and come back home, and then somebody puts them in a movie about their own life. It yeah, came across like that. So, was it good? No, because he still wasn't in love with the blue screen too much. But still, 
yeah, I think what he didn't do that he should have done was taken a more Spielberg course and just had him green light an executive produce shit mm. and let other people write and direct it. Opened up Lucas, yeah, let Lucas film um, become a bit of a production house rather than just a, a, a yeah a, a, a te- technical facility where people just use it or farm out their movies to them to finish the CG where you could actually yeah. create a bit of an empire entirely in-house to bring in different directors to work on different types of projects and build up the extended Star Wars universe that way. Um, yeah. And if you do that from within Disney, cool. I mean, that's what, Lu- like, LucasArts is no longer a thing, right? Or is it still within Disney? No, it got folded. Folded in completely. It's, yeah. they, 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 they shut it down and they handed all the game development rights to EA in a deal. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Because Industrial Light and Magic is still a thing, isn't it? Because that's part owned by Spielberg with DreamWorks. Yeah. Yeah. But ILM is still the um, forefront of all CGI. Yeah. Yeah. uh, They they inform how everyone else does it, and they develop a lot of the tech that everyone else uses. Which is still owned by Lucasfilm and Walt Disney by default, so Disney bought ILM as well. Oh, they come in the deal. Yeah, I thought they would have separated that out entirely. But I thought it'd be its own company at this point, but I guess it is. It not. is definitely its own company, but its parent organization is still Disney. Oh, right. Um, same with Skywalker Sound, which again was the yeah, the creator of THX and all of that. Yeah. So I knew it was founded by George Lucas singularly, but I thought um, Spielberg had a massive stock in it. Does he? Well, they they did all the Jurassic Park films with it as well or the back to the future trilogy um yeah but no, I like know. i said at the time period they were basically the only modern special effects company yeah special effects as an industry as i understand it was all but dying and um ilm and then after a while with ilm's help pixar kind of became the birthplace of modern CGI techniques. Mm. Even reading Weta the history owes of, everything to ILM. Yeah, well, reading the history of ILM, the only reason he created it was because Fox, um, their in-house effects department, was no longer operational, so he approached the guy who yeah. worked on Space Odyssey to do it for him instead and start his own. But he's like, yeah. he was working on Close Encounters, so he suggested somebody else. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of the... Um, a lot of the stuff that uh, a lot of the CG, uh, a lot of the special effects done in Star Wars now are almost like um, they're, they're borderline magical as far as modern effects artists are concerned because mm-hmm. they've never been taught or trained how to do any of this. It's a very protected because, style, right? Yeah. Um, well, tra- lots of everyone's had computers, so there's no there's no need for those true analog rigs where you're doing things like scaling a camera movement so mm. that a miniature fits with a full size footage. Although I, I was, the, I think in the latest the one, there were miniatures, weren't there? What's that? I feel like it look, they did a really fucking good job if they weren't, but there were times where I thought they were using miniatures for some of those ships. I know exactly what you're talking about because I had the same sensation. Yeah. I think what they did was they intentionally did blue screen affected some of the CGI. Right, okay. I think they've created a blue screen 
because um, have you ever seen the how-to for blue screen stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you create the positive and negative, yeah, and you overlay them with your background, and you use your background footage as like a um, vector mask. Mm-hmm. Um, and it creates, it does give you this weird, slightly blue hazy effect over the foot, over the object. It made it look like natural light was hitting it, sort of thing. It, it was very odd. Um... Yeah, and um, also they didn't have like. It looked like that fucked with the frame rate of some of the ships. Yeah, yeah. So that they just looked slightly disingenuous to the scene. Well, uh, it looked like they had done that in such a way that to make sure that you know the glossy, um, soft movements of the the prequel trilogies weren't suddenly coming to the forefront of something that was meant to have happened after all of the, like the original trilogy. So it looks like things have actually gotten older. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly took it to be that they'd just used filters on the CG yeah, to try yeah, and yeah, make yeah. it resemble the old special effects, but maybe it is just to be a point of difference. But, I mean, so much of it was just, like, recapturing past glory, so I, I do think I'm right in the way they did that. Mm. But um, it would have been so much better if Ray did accidentally kill Chewie. Yeah. Where are the stakes? That, exactly, that was, right? like... He was our vision, like... um. If you compare it to the Avengers film, like who's the heart and soul of any any given group? It was yeah. Vision and 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 um in the Avengers, okay. and, and this it was Chewie. You should have killed Chewie. Like he, because imagine seeing like a Chewie that has seen Leia, Luke, and Han all die, mm. and then you show him like doing his just break down and fall to his knees thing. Yeah, yeah, and then. Like a really resigned Chewie just gets killed. Yeah, he he freebirds. <laughs> it would have been depressing as fuck. Like if he was yeah genuinely depressed and upset and all of that, he would have potentially done something not necessarily outwardly heroic, but yeah, there should have been a massive level of guilt over over Ray that drives her forward and it potentially pushes her to the dark side. Like she was losing everyone around her. Um. There were no, yeah. there were no stakes. There was no reason for her to actually turn. Like, yes, she lost Leia, but fuck, no. Leia was not her mother. So who gives a shit? Yeah, and you they know? never established her having a deep enough connection to anyone that she would have anything bordering on like a betrayal or anything that could set her off. Beyond that, you had, you know, she was your master. So your master is actually meant to die to kind of push you, propel you forward in your journey towards. Um, yeah. Being well, a Jedi all they master. did was just told her that her parentage was something she would hate, so that she would be sad about it. Yeah. That was her justification for going a bit dark. Yeah. Um. Also, that whole thing where they're like up on the Mesa trying to start the old spaceship. Chewie's on one side of the Mesa, getting captured by a huge amount of. Imperials, which we later and, f- yeah. find out, there are two ships that, that fly off, and she blows up one of them. Um, so oh, I know it showed it showed when they land that there's two ships. Oh, they were okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but in in the space of less than like a square kilometer, there are two enemy spaceships. Mm. One spaceship that they're salvaging, sitting up on top of a raised piece of ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ray fighting kylo ren 
and all of this is happening and no party is in any way aware of anything that's going on out of, with view, the out of sight of everyone right it made no sense that there was no very I, forced spielberg in it it's like spielberg level of isolate the characters underneath this rock fall or um this you know sand pit that traps two characters so they have to fight here while the others are trying to scramble to do something else so naturally they don't they literally just went around the corner from each other yeah and like Chewie went to do something. Mm. Chewie, go get Ray. He goes after Ray. Does not follow Ray. Goes a different direction. Gets yeah. captured. Ray never saw him, but was in full view of the spaceship that the characters were in. Like, yeah. How? Why? I'm not. You had you know, so. I, I don't give a shit that Bane drives into a tunnel during daytime and leaves the tunnel at nighttime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't give a rat fuck because no viewer will notice that unless they're looking for holes in that movie. Unless they're told as well. Um, yeah. This movie was just things where you're going, this makes no spatial sense. And it has been done so poorly that I am aware of it in real time. Also, how how stunted do you have to be to drive several characters across several different emotional journeys centered around luke leia and um han being these you know these people that everyone had a connection to the main characters and yet there was no point where chewy confronts kylo who's who should essentially be like an uncle to to kylo yeah there's no connection yeah he he there's, that for the, yeah, for, there are connections between characters that make no sense and haven't been justified, and there are completely non-existent connections where sh- one should logically think, "Hang on, where's the moment um, where um, why, there why does it fall on Ray immediately important. to not only fall into this world and and become um, the daughter that um, Han, you know, the, the kid that Han never had, even though he has a kid, yeah. or the the um, student that luke never had even though he had a student or the daughter student that leia never had but did have um or the best friend that chewie never had but there's why did she jump into this world and then kylo why did none of them seem to actually give a shit about kylo ren there should be moments where kylo goes into a room and is like multiple times throughout the trilogy where not only he confronts ray but he confronts ray initially fights her and then gets confronted by literally all the other people he turned his back against. They should have been yeah. the ones to say stuff to bring him back to the light constantly, and he'd be constantly fighting against it because he's seeing this new person come through that's doing all this other shit, and she's just getting a pass, essentially, into this world. Um, yeah, there, there's no... There are no links between the characters that should have links. There should have been this amazing moment where you see Kylo just tear shreds through multiple multiple people, even like even Best Ray, um, uh, at one point during the trilogy, and but then gets confronted by Chewie, who was literally about to rip his face off because he's killed Han at that point. And you see, yeah. like, there could have been a moment where you see Kylo actually shaking his boots a little bit, but like, oh fuck. Like, yeah, I've got the force and all of this jazz and I can, you know, fight my way out of this. But fuck, it's like staring up at your older brother who, no matter how much um, stronger you are than them, if they're angry, you're like, oh, fuck, what have I done? Well, you're screwed. I and want to they established that that could happen in The Force Awakens. Yeah. When when Han gets killed, Chewie, like, wants to just fight to his own death. Yeah. He was angry as shit. Yeah. Um... 
Also, fuck the medal for Chewie at the end. Oh, it wasn't even... Yeah. What? <laughs> it made no it, sense. It why, why didn't Chewie get one last moment with Leia? Why didn't Chewie get that? No, yeah, there's... No one ever got any last moments with anyone in this movie. It made no... Except Ben and <laughs> fucking Ray. Um, and um, constantly just... These three main characters who they had chemistry as characters in the force awakens Mm. and then the other two movies is just they have you noticed anytime anyone gets in a gunner seat of the falcon now they have to shoot thing thing explodes they go whoa yeah everyone had their moment of doing that right it wasn't there is no even in scenes where like there's big stakes and stuff people are still doing that It, it doesn't I don't know. Just Star Wars should have really, 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 really simple plots. Yeah. Because there's so much world out there and there's so much um, nonsense that you have to work your way through by default that you don't need to write yourself into those bits of nonsense. You just tell a simple story um, and you let things just be things. Yeah. Well, they're they're not difficult movies. No. Imagine if Flash Gordon had an explanation of interstellar trade. Yeah. And how there was a disagreement <laughs> causing yeah. everything. But then you actually found out that this disagreement was orchestrated by an evil wizard in the background yeah. who was playing all sides at the same time for some reason. And even though he was playing all sides, he still didn't seem to want to win it any other way than legitimately for the side he was undercover. Yeah. Like, there was no... He was the bad guys and the good guys at the same time. And, yes, he orchestrated the the struggle in order to justify himself getting more power. Like, under the the same Disney umbrella, you've got literally another studio, Marvel, doing everything by the book. And getting it right every yeah. single time when it comes to fan service and subverting expectations, um, diversity, uh, real stakes and genuine like feelings and all of this kind of shit that like bubbles to the surface and just clicks in all the right ways. Star Wars, you had the opportunity to bring back the original cast across three movies and you not once got them in the same room. Yeah. Like, what the actual fuck? Like, also... You knew it was going to be the last chance. Han, Leia, and Luke should have been in the first movie. Yeah. Should have ushered the new characters in and helped the existing fans understand why they should care about the new characters. Mm. And then they should have just let them go. Han dying should have been what drove Luke into exile. Which So you open into their Empire Strikes Back where things aren't going quite well. Because Han's dead, um, Chewie is despondent, um, Leia is trying to play general while also grieving her son, who just killed her 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 husband, who she's also grieving. And yeah, you could even make that Luke um, completely. Cr- you like, could even make Han getting killed something Luke feels responsible for. That should have been the thing that, that turned yeah. Leia on him. Or um, you know, Luke could have just been completely 
collapsed in on himself because Leia refused to um to be angry at him and he couldn't process that because then only, yeah. only like no one's angry at him like it just happened so you can't change that but I should have foreseen this I could have stopped this I, I, I did foresee this I should I was going to stop it um all of this kind of thing was like I've yeah I don't know that could have been the moment where it's like I've been living in the moment I've been trying to study the force without actually thinking what are the wider ramifications of um, what's going on right now I've just been living in the moment to get things standing up um, mm. I can't do that anymore I need to go like Yoda study for the next 20 years I'll see you later yeah well I mean everything they establish in Star Wars does point to the conclusion that um, Ryan Johnson came to if you want to stop conflict in Star Wars, you just need to have everyone who has force powers not use their powers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because being having having Jedi creates Sith just by default. So don't create Jedi and you won't have Sith because there has to be a balance. Yeah, so just be neutral, right? Just be humans. Yeah. I, I was slightly happy that finally somebody gave a decent justification for why the law of two exists. Yeah. Um, that, but again, that should have been introduced in the first movie as to um, why Kylo turned to the dark side. It wasn't to, um, you know, because he was... It didn't actually explain why he turned to the dark side. He just turned. There was this anger inside him that Luke talks about in the second movie, but there's no never real no real turning point. He just wakes up in the middle of well, the night. He senses Luke, that it's gonna happen, right? But He was afraid Luke was afraid of him because Luke didn't actually give him the time of day and just assume he would be good if nothing bad happened. Yeah. Yeah. Luke's fear of him was something he felt the entire time in it made him feel mistrusted and hated and, and so when your master reflected in how Luke to treated find, him yeah. so, so he became evil as a sort of a this is what you get when you treat somebody with tender hooks the entire time because you're afraid that they're going to turn you just turn them well that's the thing he probably wouldn't have <laughs> actually turned if Luke didn't try to kill him in his sleep yeah like that should have been shown to be Palpatine manipulating Luke into thinking that Kylo is going to be doing something when he wasn't. Um, it was all just in Luke's head. Uh, so Luke, so much of Star Wars gets plots are frustratingly out. just it was Palpatine fucking with people's heads. But you could have really done that in a good way that he was having nightmares about something, the Sith returning, and like because of the whole chosen one, your son will be the thing that kills you, and all of this, you know this. Skywalker weight that Luke was feeling that it created this ugliness that he perceived well, to be real yeah. and it wasn't. I mean, I, I, but I quite liked that it was real and it was literally just Luke losing his mind a bit, right? Well, well no, Luke was right. Yeah, yeah. But, but same way Anakin was right about Padme dying. Yeah. He was right in the sense that he was seeing the potential of something that only happened because he was afraid of the potential of it. Yeah. So in that sense, Luke's mistrusting of Kylo Ren perfectly mirrors what Anakin did to turn evil, turn himself evil. He was afraid of loss, so he went evil thinking that would save the day, and in actual fact, that caused the loss that he was afraid of having. Hmm. 
So that, imagine if you got I think more than a 30 second justified precedent for why that happened. And yeah. I think, contrary to what everyone seems to say, I think that was a pretty logical conclusion for Luke. I liked the plot point, but they could have just studied it a bit more. Like, why yeah. like, was it explained away in a two sec in a two minute segment? You got all these things about the Knights of Ren and Kylo turning, and it's already done, and and Luke did this, and he got really sad, and like you literally got one flashback, and that was it. Yeah. Also, the Knights of Ren just seem to be a figment of everyone's imagination until this movie where they just aren't. Yeah. Um, they literally never actually physically existed in any movie before this one. I want to know what the actual alluded to constantly. Yeah. I want to know what the actual story was meant to be like in terms of what were they trying to do because Yeah, what I I The original tri- yeah, too. the original trilogy has well, okay, Luke needs to save the universe or the galaxy and, you know, make the Rebel Alliance succeed against the Empire, full stop. So we're going to watch that over three films and let's buffer it with all these other things that happen throughout and there's your story. The Mm. prequels are, we need to show Anakin fall to the dark side. So here's, that's it. So let's show three movies of all all these other things happening that eventually lead to him falling to the dark side. Done. And and these ones, it's like, what Rey is... What returning balance to the force? Is she helping the Rebel Alliance stand up against the Empire? Which, Which it's one is still it? like, clearly the um, the the life story of Jaden and Jaina Solo, yeah. but they just stopped one of them from being a Solo so that they could be love interests for each other. And yet, not they kissed once and then died. Yeah, they were twins. Like they were two halves of the whole. Right. That's what. Yeah. They kept, that's like, and. I would have thought if you were a dyad of the Force that if one of you dies, the other one would too. Yeah. If you think about a... um, You spend so much effort trying to build up this feminist icon of a story, (laughs) of a character with Rey doing X, Y, and Z, and then she still manages to fall in love with the boy. Like and it's Yeah, well, it's everything about how Disney has done this is extremely heavy cake and eat it too. But, um... I mean, there's a there's a wider issue with a lot of female iconography that companies make where they try to make iconic female characters, but they make them flawless because they want they still want that Disney princess image, but they don't. But they want like real female characters. Yeah, yeah. A real female character is somebody that has shortcomings, like a real person does. Mm and is able to overcome those in situations where it's justified through the like learning to... and talking to other people and things like that. What all companies seem to do instead, because they're too afraid of shortcomings being a way that I guess the audience probably marginalizes that female character, yeah. is just to make all female characters completely infallible, which, no matter how weird they are. Which just... Uh, like in your in your female audience base, to assume speaking on behalf of females everywhere, um, that how does that become relatable? I don't know. Um, I, I would think it. And on the I other think side, it becomes those... relatable because what you do is you train. If if I'm going to get really potentially in the woods with it, you you teach an entire generation of girls that nothing a girl does is wrong. Well, I mean, if we, we supplanted this entire concept onto what Luke went through and being a um, being a 
somebody for, for young boys to look up to. How many times yeah. did Luke fail through the original trilogy? Constantly. He was called short. He was, yeah. he was yeah. um, dirt poor and constantly reminded of it. Um, the farm boy. Uh, didn't, I mean, didn't know his daddy. Look at, the, kind of shit. Um, look at the original um, Ghostbusters versus yeah. the, well, like 2016 Ghostbusters. Yeah. So in the original Ghostbusters, they were all assholes and losers. Yeah. In the modern one, they are all weird people, but they are actually all really good at what they individually do yeah. and are just marginalized for being slightly kooky. So you see the difference? Well, were they marginalizing themselves as well with those? No, no, they were basically all just men didn't like them, so they didn't get to do science like they were completely qualified to do. Right. And I mean, the fun of, so you, of you Ghostbusters have studios is, yeah. that won't marginalize a female character by allowing them to have negative traits. I mean, that was the entire point of the original Ghostbusters is you've got a bunch of con men and assholes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. They were, they were con artists and like one guy that was sort of a scientist that really believed in what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Fell ass backwards into the technology they were using <laughs> and then immediately yeah. exploited it to get ghost blow jobs. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they weren't likable so, people. Um, but if, I mean, if, if you, you don't allow your characters to have shortcomings that they can overcome, then they're just perfect from the get-go. And that's where you get so much hate. Well, yeah, I was going to say, that was the other side of... Ray just as arbitrarily as powerful as the scene requires. You don't get... Immediately, you you don't get your actual base who you're trying to target, not feeling any sort of relatability to that character. But then you get the other side of the audience, who are those naturally loud... Um, assholes who want to call out any time some Hollywood seems to do a pro-female story for the sake of doing a pro-female story um, constantly being given the ammo that they need to then yeah. claim a certain point yeah Kelly Marie Tran never did a thing wrong she was just a person who was hired to play a role that yeah. was written badly yeah I mean, not the, even the role necessarily, just the actions the character took. Ray didn't. Yeah, how many arsehole moves did Han take? Like, uh, it's fine because yeah. he's he he's cocky. Like, yeah, Ray left. Um, Ray, sorry, Han left. I was going to say, Ray never lost a fight to Kylo, did she? No, no. Um, she lost a so, fight against herself with within while fighting Kylo. <laughs> that was the closest she got. You mean when Kylo just arbitrarily turned up on the Death Star ruins to fight her mm. with no justification for why he would choose to be there at that time? Oh, he was about to kill her actually on, on that old Death Star until Leia stepped in. So he was going to win. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fair. He did actually Best take game. a sword out of her hand. Yeah. But there's. Yeah, I, I mean, I you had the template just... for the original and the best female um, hero you could possibly imagine to build upon, and that's Leia. Like, she didn't take I shit. Think? Well, she didn't take shit from... Um, she was the leader of that group, full stop. She might not have been the main character across all three, but she was the leader. She's the one that had the, um, had the motive, had the... She uh, never had a character archetype that would allow her to be a protagonist. Ray did. 
but they just didn't yeah. use her that way. And I mean, she's not the protagonist of... of this movie. So she's like Anakin, where it's you're the most powerful character. You're the one with the emotional confusion that you're trying to fight. You've got you're the one that ultimately has to save the day. Mm. But if you're talking about people that the actual audience is going to feel with and move with throughout the story, it's um, what's his name, John Boyega's character. Yeah. And that's what they should have been building. Finn. Yeah, that, yeah. And they, they kept going like He's Finn was it, getting right? like yeah. late Star Wars, um, late original prequel Leia premonitions and shit. Yeah, yeah. And it seemed like it was building to something that just never happened. Which is, I mean, most of the stuff in these, this sequel trilogy is just building to things that didn't happen. Um, but, I mean, you see, like, early early trilogy Daisy Ridley was quite lively and energetic and in this movie she just seems real like fuck this shit yeah like the real opportunity to introduce to make um, Finn's character be obviously force sensitive and use it um, but become the third because it's always you know pairing things off they could have really subverted a lot of people's expectations by introducing a third person to wield a lightsaber use the force in a third different way and call out the uh, Kylo and Ray on what they're doing and how they're doing it by saying there's actually a third way. Here's how you do it. Or I don't I've, know. I mean, I don't, you I don't, don't, I don't need take, it because... We don't necessarily need it, but you could have... That, that's the way that you create a, a somebody who uses the force but hasn't been um, brought up with a certain dogma. So Ray was yeah. taught the ways but of the that, Jedi. Kylo that does the undermine the value of Ray, and it does yeah. um, recenter the entire series around a male character, which I don't think you need to do. But Finn in this series is Leia from the old series. Yeah, yeah. He's the voice of reason. He's the one that tries to get people back on track. He rallies the troops quite often. Yeah. He's got connections. He's a better beyond. leader than Poe. He's got. He got. He's got, and makes natural connections to people outside the core group to f- further service what they're trying to do. Like the only yeah. reason that they had um, uh, that train character join their group is because of him. The only reason they got the um, the squadron, the, the the orphan kids in this latest one, to join their cause is because of him. So he's he's mm. the human aspect to all of this. Um, somebody who's just trying to put things together, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. He, he's also, got certain just, look aspects to him as well. I would have, and that I would have started this death. film with some scene that killed Leia. That what they tried to do was just stupid. They could like have killed the, her. The, in the, last, the scene yeah. where is it? Leia is talking to Ray. Yeah. And she just like stares dead face for a while and then goes, no. And then continues to stare. Mm-hmm. It it was it was like somebody trying to talk to a, like I think I said, you're trying to talk to a chat, like virtual human chat, chat bot. bot or whatever. And mm. you're not confident that it's going to respond to you in a way that makes any sense whatsoever. Well, that was all footage from the last one anyway, wasn't it? Like, it was yeah, all it was, unused it was just Force Awakens footage. So Anything they had available. She was also at a, like a different bitrate quality of sound than everyone yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. I just assumed that was just her voice because of all the cocaine. <laughs> I mean, she does speak a bit like 
she's in her in her old age she got a bit of a holly hunter type voice mm. on i think just it didn't need so much of what it had so much it needed so yeah. much more of what it didn't have yeah why was there the escape scene where they were like jump 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 and they're being chased in the falcon I don't know. Was that their way of saying like this is how you hyperdrive a ship through multiple things and like <laughs> fuck you, Ryan Johnson? Because that's what it seemed like. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely a lot of that. Like somebody pointed something out. I read, um, like Luke all of a sudden being all happy in Force Ghost form and like Guidey, he lost all his edge after he died. Apparently, yeah, I liked um, the. Last Jedi, Luke, like, angry. Yeah, I did too. Um, and the whole, like, I mean, the last Jedi ended with the whole, yeah, anyone can be force-sensitive. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sh- Unless shit is you're a like yeah. yeah, anyone can be a, uh, a Jedi, but only specifically Skywalkers and Palpatines. Yeah. Or in Ray's case, both, but not really. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm Ray Skywalker. Like the I, whole, thought, the moment- I honestly thought, was gonna say I'm Ray Palpatine and like and I've accepted yeah. what that means now. That's exactly she what did. she should have done. Her parents weren't bad people and that she constantly no. got told that throughout the movie that they rejected his ways. Um yeah, found she, their own life. Like they got kidnapped. Like they get sent her away to protect themselves. She said they died trying to save me in like yeah. a Harry Potter way in a proud way that um proved the lie he was trying to tell wrong. But still, just... I don't know. Also, fucking Palpatine and the magical MacGuffin Space Navy. Mm. Did they... Because it it said the words, he conjured it. And they literally rose out of the dirt. They looked like they were underground, and he was moving the earth around them to push them up. Like and push them through because like that's the way you hide ships underground is not to build massive stations that people eventually find and go oh what's in there oh it's like massive fucking aircraft carriers cool but um, but it was already established that they were in like a location you just couldn't get to yeah I don't know why he was con- like burying things upon burying things like I don't get why like you had what they could have done with that whole everyone can be a Jedi thing. Or everyone could be force sensitive. It doesn't matter what your namesake is. Cool. Those moments where you go, oh shit, there's um, Billy D. Williams and an entire fleet of literally everyone in the universe when everyone showed up. Cool. Um, where's that moment where Ray just reaches out to the known fucking universe using her cool force powers and talks to anyone on the frequency who's force sensitive and can hear the message saying, come here, help. Pick yeah. up your swords, pick up whatever you've got grab a ship because everyone knows if you're force sensitive you know how to fly a ship better than anyone else um, mm. by default Anakin could do it as a four year old or however the fuck old he was um, without even yeah, thinking about it um, so where were those moments pilot. where you got an entire fleet of force sensitive orphans who just showed up and laid waste to Palpatine's oh, okay. group because Palpatine doesn't have anyone force sensitive on his side because he's amalgamated all of his people into himself so he's the only one that's the story you are you told. suggesting a revenge of the younglings yeah well that's the way you compare jedi to sith right sith are all about the absolution and the power of just one person consuming all of the 
the Force in your Jedi possibly can. Whereas the Jedi were always about, no, everyone gets a piece. So that's the way they should have risen up to say, look, look here's all of Luke's former students that went into hiding um, or gave up, put down their um, lightsabers after he drove Kylo. I Ren thought it was to... implied Kylo killed them all. Yeah, I think that was the case, actually, yeah. But all, all of those people that could have heard that message and just come out of the woodwork that they've been talking about across all these different Disney Star Wars properties that are officially canonized yeah. now, all these secret yeah. Jedi, all these secret orders, all these secret Force-sensitive species that aren't actually Jedi, where the fuck were they? Yeah. Like, you, you like if they had the, the Ebon Hawk in this, or whatever it was called. Like, literally the, the entire... From... Darth Maul's entire species is Force-sensitive. Like, his entire yeah. planet uses, like, evil, like, witch space magic to do their justice. So, you don't need them to be Jedi or Sith. You just need neutrality to come Force in and say, powers. we're neutral. Yeah. We're going to help you because the balance has shifted. So, let's get rid of this guy who's Which just laying waste to the universe. Could and, have and been a logical extension of what Luke was talking about in the previous movie. Yeah. Just, we we can have the Force but don't be Jedi or Sith because it just leads to causing a resistance of the equal and opposite. Yeah. And I mean, if he didn't kill Luke, that's what he could have been doing in this movie is actually, um, he went and didn't go into hiding. He didn't isolate himself after the death of Han, um, but he did go on a pilgrimage. He put down his Jedi yeah. ways, still took his lightsaber, um, or didn't even take his lightsaber, just put down the Jedi ways and went galloping through the universe going to different Force-sensitive planets or places where he knew there were people because he could obviously connect to them and literally teleport yeah. there if he wanted to. He could be on that island by himself, but what he could have been doing is projecting himself across the universe multiple times throughout the last X number of years um, yep. to connect and say, here's what I need, to do, need you to do, Doctor Strange style, at this moment in time. I can't tell you how, I can't tell you why. You need to go to this planet or you need to um, listen for the voice, and I'll tell Ray that she needs to, you know, try to reach out to those on the Force saying, you know, uh, be with me, be with me. It shouldn't just have been about the Force ghosts from the past. It should have been every Force-sensitive across the galaxy then clicks to go, oh, shit, that's Luke's message. Let's listen to this frequency um, and see what's up. And then she gives them the coordinates, they show up, and then you have this massive battle. Yeah. Because they could have tried that the whole, like, let's turn on the um, the help message and try to get all these ships here. And you could have shown that fail again, like it did in the last movie, when no one showed up to help. So pe yeah. people don't have faith in the Rebel Alliance or the, you know, the Rebellion anymore. But the, you know what they do have faith in? Things that can't be explained, which is the Force. And Luke's been doing the groundwork for the last two years um, to try to get all these people thinking about the Force again. Uh, and then, yeah, that's what trips Palpatine up and, and causes his entire plot to fail, is because not just ray that stands up to him it's literally everyone who can possibly stand up stands up to him yeah are the are the plot are the characters of rebels alive at this point surely not um because so did you know that the star wars rebels ship was in that mass of ships that arrived and yet um the characters from rebels their voices were included in Ray's message at the end, telling her to stand up. Ahso um, like Ahsoka. Um, yeah, I heard Ahsoka in there. Uh, the guy that so Freddie Prince Jr. plays in the new one, his voice was in there too, um, and his Jedi Master was as well. Freddie Prince. 
Oh, okay. the, so all um, these people are dead. Yeah, you have to assume so. They're not shown to be dead, but they're all dead. So Ahsoka Tano dies at some point. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's and an adu- she's she's an adult by the time of Vader, so because so she'd be she's, an older woman. She's a teenager when um Anakin's during the events of the Clone Wars, early twenties. Yeah, so you have to assume what. 50 years later um oh there's a chance she could have been alive and should have she could have been the yoda that um talked to luke you know when he went to find the book on uh yeah you know in the second movie in the last jedi she could have been the one like taking up the mantle of old man yoda yeah it could have been and like then, oh, i was trained um, by your father he wasn't a bad man Rebels? um Taurus at something, something? I don't know. Uh, Jensen something? Um, Star Wars Rebels kid. Ezra. Ezra, that's right. Yeah, I think his voice was heard as well. So he's dead too? Uh, no, it wasn't Taylor Gray. No, it was just Freddie Prince Jr.'s character. Um, Kenan Jarrus. Oh, that's the 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 blind um top knot guy mm, no oh he's the he's the captain of the that ship that you said showed up in the fleet doesn't he end up blind maybe he does i'm pretty sure he does and i'm pretty sure they directly ripped it off force unleashed all oh, right okay also speaking of ripped off um the sequel for Quiet Place. Um, that, that horror movie with the bugs and you got to Yes, but A Quiet Place 2. Uh, yeah. A Quiet so Place. The, it shows footage from before humanity fell. Oh, right. Okay. And it is almost shot for shot looking like it's ripped from the opening of The Last of Us. Oh, really? Like, uh... Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. Like small town in central southern United States just shit starts hitting the fan people are freaking out running around it's shot from the like back seat center of a car mm. and the mum's like freaking out trying to calm the kids down and driving around car drives off of off of a um off a bridge slightly and then somebody dies in <laughs> joel's hands oh that's how did that work they they got shot by a u.s military guy yeah 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 I mean, I'm, I'm, dark. I'm glad that um, it looks like um, Cillian Murphy is the bad guy in this. So just playing on, like just being full on creep. So he's just a bad human, and so if they if they pivoted away from the monsters being the main focus of bad stuff, and it's now just about bad people. I don't know. I mean, I haven't watched the trailer yet. Um, He's not in it. Old, um, but that's what is it about American movies that believe that when um, when shit hits the fan, everyone just mutilates each other and forms like Mad Max gangs. I think because if you if you can go an entire day without thinking about wanting to rip somebody's face off, (laughs) 
Yeah, um, but we don't rip each other's faces off specifically because life would be so much harder if we did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and that is the same regardless of what, uh, how difficult it is to live when you go outside. But yeah, it depends what the actual threat is that's unifying humanity, right? I mean, like if we're const- yeah, if we're well, fighting over food, we're going to kill threat, somebody. The more we band together, right? What's that? The worse the threat, the more we'd band together, right? Yeah, yeah. So if there's something like completely horrifying that just destroys us if we speak, um, yeah, we're going to try to stick together. Um, unless, but like if it's a matter of um, resources or. or you know, being able to stay safe in a place that only you can stay safe and yeah, you're going to kill people to make sure that you and your people stay safe. It'll be a very yeah. quick it'll be a very quick turn in those moments where it's like if you're fighting over food, somebody's gonna die. But people wouldn't that happens today anyway. People wouldn't um survive that long on their own. So you would find more often than not, I think, that you would never kill or rock the boat with any sort of faction because mm. you'd rather just join a group. I don't know. I think it's one of those things where it's like, what movie was that in where they're talking about prisons and then they made the joke? Because did you know that basically only American prisons are the ones with the man rape? Really? Yeah. The rest of the world doesn't do that so much. I feel like they do, but it's not prisoner on prisoner rape. It's it's guard on prisoner kind of. Uh, yeah. abuse and sexual assault and um dressing down and all these ways yeah. to humiliate and control and the creepy destroy. psychosexual shit yeah there's um, I, I genuinely just get the sense that american media says we're all against each other and it's about protecting our own plot of land to the point where yeah. that's caused americans to believe that that's how they should act was it just Americans or is it all Western prisons? Because when you say non-American prisons, I immediately think like Indonesian ones where essentially military are running them. So um, they can yeah, do whatever I th- I they want I think a big difference is um, American prisons are some of the only Western prisons where like you are quite likely to just die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, if, like, if like not the English prisons, you're, you're relatively safe. New Zealand prisons are relatively safe. Australians are a little more like American prisons because they have a very similar sort of cultural identity to America in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, safe is is relative, but like it just depends on the cultures that you've got in those prisons. Like in New Zealand, for example, if you're not, you're by no means safe if like you're surrounded by either drugs, gangs, or both when you're in prison. So, yeah. um, in some way, something's going to happen to you, whether or not you uh, just patch up to survive or. Uh, do drugs to escape or trade drugs to escape and in which case at that point you are a patsy for the the gangs who are who are um, funneling all those drugs through the prisons um, yeah but yeah it's if you're in a position to be able to be completely protected from all other inmates in a prison environment especially in this country it's because you have done something so horrific that if you were allowed in general population, it's because they'd straight up murder you because you did terrible things. Yeah. Or um, completely fuck with you in some way. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, oh, excuse me. Um, our prison guards actually, are no speaking less of corrupt than others in certain areas no. as well. Like Eden, Mount Eden Prison gets done for um, so much meth from time to time. It's like, has to start somewhere. Um, yeah, like, it's it's not the same where 
like New Zealand doesn't have that same social thing where it's like fuck you you're a criminal you go to prison you can rot and get raped for all we care because that's what you deserve as a mm, criminal mm. we don't have that sort of old testament mindset no um but sorry yeah back to i popped into my head before when i mentioned australia fuck their prime minister's going from strength to strength forcing people to shake his hands like being like 100 feet away from a fire <laughs> he shows yeah, up to small like, towns and they're like, what the fuck are you he, doing? He turns here? up to, to assure the people that live in the fire zone that they're safe. Yeah. They all just say, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, get out of our town. And he like just awkwardly sort of turns around as security circles him and he gets back in his BMW and drives away. Oh, makes it, yeah, he's ridiculous. Eh? Um, he went to Hawaii on holiday yep. while his country was burning. Yeah, His country's still burning. He That's made a massive to- thing about the... Um, white island specifically because he was trying to pull focus to the australians that died on white island oh he was virtually signaling essentially to say oh well you know it could be like we've got to look at new zealand what are they doing with their um, out of control volcanoes over there killing he our, was killing literally our yeah, trying to use that tragedy as a way to blow focus from the fires that he couldn't get under control yeah hey that country that we don't give any rights to anymore but we take rights from um at a whim like focus on their natural disasters instead of our man-made ones yeah fucking hell also being an aucklander Mm. um for the we literally haven't had like a nice blue sky day neither we've had two since christmas oh no like all of december has just been shit essentially so right now is a it's it's like a blue sky day outside but we just don't get blue sky we get gray haze uh yeah yeah yeah. we are just getting australian smoke i think the the further south you go as well the more orange it gets like otago um yeah well i've seen the maps and it looks like it hits sort of christchurch height of the country it sweeps over the entire lower south island as well it just kind of circles the north island a bit which is very weird um but i was gonna say new zealand getting screwed by um (laughs) environmental damage in other parts of the world well that's the reason we've got the hole over the ozone layer is because of australia's yeah, mining exactly. industry not ours um they just yeah. move yeah no uh they're just upwind of all their own problems um <laughs> we're downward but in terms of what you were saying with um old scotty morrison going to hawaii during that crisis can you imagine if our prime minister did that during the christchurch shootings or the Christchurch earthquakes. Yeah. Like, can you imagine yeah, what it, that would have been like? Be like oh, well, not only can you imagine it, because no, I couldn't, yeah. but also like, like just no, doesn't matter which prime minister it was, no New Zealand prime minister. Would no, exactly. I was going to say, I was going to harken back to the John Key era where obviously they had the Christchurch quake and he didn't do that sort of shit and just disappeared overseas. But there were times where he'd go to Hawaii on his yearly holiday, but and people would like a lot of people in the media would call that out and be like, "Global financial crisis! What are you doing, being a millionaire in your own time? How dare you!" Um, yeah, but he wasn't doing we it in moments where the media world... hates the rich. No, and it but was... not in like a progressive way, just in like a let's not look at the fact that we the media are the rich well that's the thing wealthy and corrupt yeah they never actually call out the rich for doing rich people things in the media they just report on things that are happening and then let people take the story further and like 
shit. Like, they, they, don't they incite a, hate. They don't really... When it comes to um, targeting the port, they'll, they'll make a really good effort of, of calling out beneficiaries who get done for benefit fraud. Um, but they'll rather just call out the facts when it's the inverse with white-collar crimes being pursued. And it's like somebody does X, Y, and unless there's somebody affected um, that you can put a face to and then really push a, an emotional story yeah. through. But um, they'd constantly bring that up when John Key was out of the country, but wouldn't actually say anything beyond he's just out of the country right now. Yeah, there's they, nothing well, going there's wrong. There's no story there. They're just trying well, to get you to. It's never during a period where nothing's going wrong or... beyond um, oh, John Key's being criticised for a certain uh, piece of legislation, and he's had the gall to go overseas. Yeah, uh, it's, it could it's, be. It's just drawing causal links between things where there is none. Yeah, and it's like it's not only is he the tourism minister, so from time to time he's going to be overseas for that. <laughs> um, yeah. They did the same with Winston Peters. Let's call out Winston Peters for um, spending more money on travel during Helen Clark's era than any other um, politician. It's like, well, he was the Minister of Foreign Affairs. He's yeah. going to be overseas. What do you think his, that money His job is kind of schmoozing. Yeah. And he's very good at it. He he yeah. he negotiated with North Korea on a couple of occasions. Yeah. Which is... Un- he successfully overpowered the entire New Zealand government. <laughs> yeah. Again, he keeps doing it. Like it's, I don't like it. It no. shouldn't be allowed to work that way. But no. also, like, he did succeed. Yeah. And I'm only ever going to be mad it about. It shows the flaws in the system yeah. and highlights his value. I'm only ever going to be mad about it um, for things that I want, like pieces of legislation that I want to pass that clearly don't because of him. Uh, yeah. Which is like. I think it's genuinely a good idea that we're putting both euthanasia and uh, marijuana legislation to the public to vote on. Uh, and that was because he said he doesn't want, right, basically, I'm the New Zealand First Party, I'm not going to make an actual decision. Um, yeah. That way you can't commit me to making an actual decision. I'm going to let the people decide, even though they've, they've voted for me to decide on their behalf. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's a brilliant well, because play. if he... Yeah did that then right his he has a very old and conservative base that wouldn't want those things to pass yeah not only am i not going to disrupt my own but he clearly does want them to pass yeah but at the same time if i genuinely didn't believe in it i would stop it right now but like i don't have an opinion either way so let's just let it put it to the people yeah um they're the truest reflection of uh who wants what so have at it I mean, I I still say let's just have an app where we all get pestered to vote on everything, and we just don't have politicians. Well, yeah, it all becomes down to um, yeah, uh, how you control that is another issue. But um, yeah, it's no less corrupt and and ridiculous than actual people being bought off by lobbyists to do certain things. Um, yeah, at least you can try and achieve some sort of distance between yeah well i I think at any point during a standardized thing that this country controls that you require to be able to go about your life at that moment you're forced to vote uh, on particular issues and you can change your vote throughout over time up leading up to a certain point but there is a cutoff date before you can no longer change your decision behind something so Mm. say if you needed a registration for your vehicle well you've got to go in and get it before you do um 
there's these three bills that are up um in this in the, like this month that you need to decide on so uh while you're here can you please do what you need to do uh, yeah otherwise you don't also, get a car registration there should be <laughs> what's wrong with that um, yeah and like something like maybe it forces you to actually read the ramifications of what you're voting on before yeah. you vote on you want you want your tax like refund explanation you want your tax refund this year here's a bit of legislation that you need to read and vote on <laughs> yeah um you want this business you want this tax rebate for your business so that you can write off x y and z for your ridiculously um pollutive um you know fucking oil industry job or uh you know this farm that you're running with a substandard yeah. environment environmental um <laughs> kind of things to it well you need to um beyond just actually needing to clean your shit up can you uh before we'll give you some money to subsidize getting solar panels or insulation in your house or something can you vote on this and then we'll give you free money essentially yeah incentivize there, people there could don't, be yeah. you know even connect to some ubi if we're going really futuristic with it if you want your money you got to show up and come get it right we do that to wins um people yeah. on the on on the dole and, and the benefit we force them to stand up outside in line before the fucking place opens uh form a queue uh and if they're late for some like we won't open the doors for you until this place is open and you have to be here on the dot to start your little um forced cv course that you need to take uh, where right. we essentially just berate you into um not being good enough to have you have a job already uh or else you, and if you don't show up to these appointments then your benefit gets cut I and know. it doesn't and it, like it gets stopped and when it starts back up, it's not back paid. There's a lot of that. Shit. See, I mean, it started under the last government, and it just got, it's getting better. Yeah. But fucking hell, man, they just made a point of embarrassing you to not even show up to get free money. I mean, it, it all stems from that very outdated notion that those who aren't succeeding aren't trying. Mm. And also, I'm sorry, but as far as I'm concerned... There are a certain amount of the population that will just stay at home and do drugs. Yeah. Let them. Yeah. I don't care. As long as my tax dollars are at least putting them in housing and not having them on the street, I'd rather they just be at home doing drugs where they're happy. <laughs> exactly. If they're going like, to... They... I, I, don't, I don't feel as though I, they owe me because I'm contributing and no. they are. People are, that people, is an outdated yeah. notion. That is like a very... They think about it on such a two-dimensional playing field as well. It's like, you let them stay at home and, you know, piss away their life, essentially. It's not going to benefit them. It's not going to benefit you. No. Um, but and what you're doing is like not forcing them into a job they don't want to do and they're not going to do properly is you open up that job to somebody who's going to do it properly because they want that job and they need that job and, you know, they want to make something of themselves. So you let them yeah. follow that path and you reward them for it with A, money. <laughs> Um, and be yeah. different sorts of um, incentives beyond that. Free training, free all of this other shit that you can subsidize if you're in employment. It's fine. For those that don't and decide they want to do it, let them do it. Who gives a shit? But if they want to yeah. build around them a life that um, directly conflicts with an actual... Like when they start affecting other people's lives, that's when you can start boxing them in with certain things like, cool, you want to stay at home and just do drugs all the time? That's fine. Um if you were kids again, well, ideally a... you're supporting these people in a way to try and fix their situation so that they exactly feel like... you you throw different options at them. You don't just tell them they need to get off their asses and go find a job. It's like you you get in there 
and you figure out what it is that's driving them to be the way that they are. If they, they just want to live that lifestyle, that's fine. Direct them towards a way where they can supplement their own income by like growing their own fucking weed and selling it. Yeah. If they want to do like shit that actually harms the communities, like um, raising children in dangerous environments or, or dealing in, and uh, creating pee and having joining too gangs, many of children, having too many children <laughs> in those environments where they can't actually to say that they can't take care of them, but they're exposing them to things that are dangerous for children when, where it comes yeah. to um, whether it's uh, yeah, drugs or gangs or um, people with violent or sexual histories of, of a man or in those environments. And it goes on both sides. It's not just the poor who are exposed to those sorts of she'll be right. Don't worry about it. We don't talk about that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. It gets buried the higher you go. <laughs> um, yeah. And, 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 I never understand why people think, because there's, there's basically the statistics in this country are horrifying. You either you either have high social spending, yeah. and you try and support and raise all parties so that we all end up with a higher collective social value, like in general, mm. or you just say no, fuck it. And I don't want to spend my hard-earned money on you. But if you do that, then you are literally just spending your life going from walled prison to walled prison of your own creation. Mm. Because the streets in between where you are and where you want to go are fucking chaos. Mm. I don't. That's that's why I've I've I'm a firm believer that all libertarians are people that are reasonably intelligent but not socially aware and at least upper middle class because all libertarians that think that we don't actually have to do anything we just have to all take care of ourselves and everything will be fine are people that have never actually been able to understand or take into account that circumstances fuck people yeah um they're a modern uh they've been birthed from a modern result of just not being able to create your own walls and create your own societies anymore that used to be a thing if you didn't agree with the kingdom that you're in or the tribe that you're in you'd round up all your followers who or your 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 comrades who want who think the same way where it's like each to their own we're going to do things in like an equalist kind of way move on and and start up a new group they can't do that because they're within the walls of predetermined societies um and there's no such thing as a libertarian society and on this planet they just don't exist anymore um no where it's a completely tax like tax free everyone's on unless you're ultra rich like those are the only times where those things exist because each sustained individual is their own economy that's the yeah, only way it you works can you, forced you it. can you can jettison your way off and on an island at a whim you can buy as much farmland as you like to grow your own crops and fuel your own you can create your own sustainable community for yourself and your immediate family but unless you're mega rich quite, that's that's a legitimate thing i consider doing constantly is just if you genuinely want amalgamate as many people of a like-minded thing that i believe yeah i would get along with and could live beside and just buy up some farmland well i mean they're extremists aren't they 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 expect no half measures from the people they're expecting things from in terms of no taxes no this no this it's all each to their own but they won't they won't fully commit like a you know in the same way that a um uh you know an anti-fur animal x or you know uh like a vegetarian for example might potentially still consume 
um, or use leather products or, you know, they'd drive a car that has leather in it or they're, yeah. um, they're still buying vehicles or using devices that have uh, minerals in them that are, fit, like, you know, used yeah, from fucking like slave are owned trade. by the same parent company that does this negative thing. Exactly. There's, they're all, from a libertarian point of view, they're, they're no half measures. If they're willing to commit themselves to say, I don't want to pay taxes full stop ever, it's like, great. You don't get access to the roads, to the cars that you purchased using, um, that were brought into this country using government subsidies as a result of spending your tax dollars to um, essentially make a deal with another yeah. country to create a trade, uh, a free trade agreement. Uh, you don't get any of that. So uh, you want to buy freehold your block of land and do your own thing? Great, here it is. We're not setting up any power for you. We're not connecting anything to you. If you want to connect to our things that are connected to your bit of land, tough. You can't do it because those are governments. Yeah. You know, those are tax paid as well. Um, you can't just buy your way out of this. Like, So if you, you've just got to start from scratch, create your own actual sustainable economy and sustainable everything. That's the only way you're going to survive or build it from scratch from yourself. And that's the way that it, they don't seem to, they're, they're too quick to forget the only reason societies work is because people are trading things. Yeah. And part of that yeah, involves it's, a centralized like trading. The, the douchey hippie economy yeah. concept where you all live in a commune is literally more realistic than a libertarian. Yeah, utopia. of course it is. Because libertarians are about want. And, yeah. and protecting their own um their own commodities yeah, uh, beliefs in like free trade rules all and those types of concepts and if you don't create rules then the market creates the rules yeah. well they they speak to um tearing down regulation and just letting things be naturally the way yes. they're meant to be which is such a hippie kind of concept Wait, but they're not but it, yeah. it's it's so it's so sheltered a concept. Like for anyone to say, if we just tore down all regulations, we'd be fine. How many people die annually because companies who are already heavily regulated yep. fuck with things they shouldn't fuck with and release products that they swear are fine that kill people? And when they are, and you and think pulling way. all the regulations down won't make that rife? Yeah. When you, it's um, and usually are cheaper to go to court and to advertise than it is to actually yeah. solve issues with your product. And when you um, and are your way through, oh, well, you know, we'll keep healthcare a certain way and do like, oh, who do you think can think pays for that? Um, do you actually think we'll get a country full of trained doctors? Are you going to go spend 20 years at medical school to be able to um, treat your own family? No, you're going to find a doctor who yeah. knows what they're doing. How do you do that? Well, sorry, we've got to spend some tax dollars to make this place a good place to live. So doctors want to come here, set up their own homes and their own families to be able to provide. So I, the I actually heard a libertarian's saying, opinion on that. It yeah. is doctors will exist, but doctors who are not good at taking care of people will go out of business. That's simply just think about that for a second. Not true. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether it's true or not. Yeah. One, only those who can afford it will get good medical care. First Everyone of all, else, yeah, will you're have treating to make it like a business. What's cheap? Yeah, yeah. And and then, like, how many people will die for these people to have their libertarian utopia? Yeah. Why? Why are these people who? Why are these people not looking at themselves and saying, "Why am?" I happy to let so many people die but I think in their minds they also are like these people deserve to die because they didn't make good choices so, I honestly think that's their logic yeah it is they're, they're so close to the far left uh, by being on the far right that they're closer than they are ever to being centre um, which I mean we've talked about before where you have the two fars yeah. of the extreme are way closer to, them, to each other than they are the middle um, 
because they're speaking the same language essentially they're saying that we don't trust a government to spend our money we want to spend money on our terms and we want to do it in yeah. our way and it's like that's exactly what um the left want to do with their bodies <laughs> um yeah. and to an extent the things that they grow out of the ground and the water that they drink and um they aren't just putting just a financial connotation to it which is what just libertarians do by default because society has told them there's value in gold and the greenback and what have you and actual um capitalist constructs that that's where they think that's the be all and end all behind everything that's where the real value sits yeah i it cracks me up too that the actual concept of the political continuum is so flawed around the world because it's colored by american politics yeah your average American thinks that Nazis are right wing. They're not. They're extreme left. Yeah, they're they're all they're, just they're they're fascists. Yeah, yeah, fa- fascists are both like that's why that's why they speak of revolution and why they speak of um, we the pe- like you know for the people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, yeah, there's this weird association of the left with humanity. Or with um you know e- equality so uh, yeah no 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 it's not it's more about liberalism is yes because liberalism sits on the left but so does fascism so yeah um it's and and the the idea is yeah like the, yeah, the reason fascism like on the left can succeed is because the other extreme on the right are willing to let anything go as long as they get paid or there's a financial incentive for them. It's like, yeah, that's the reason America is willing to let war crimes happen every day in countries where they get something out of it. Yeah, that's ultimately the it's one side believes that you build systems and let those systems... Like you, 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 free, you have a small government, you free everything up, and mm. the world will sort itself out. The other side is more like... Um, if you build the perfect government, then everyone will be happy yeah and i mean that, that comes right it's back down still to still ultimately just it comes back down to what we talked about before isn't it with the, um it's oligarchy at the end of the day like one side is saying if we just build a system and let it do its thing on the back, <coughs> on the backs of people made of blood and sweat and tears and the, on the upon the bodies of those that we need to just yeah. kill to be able to achieve this let it happen whereas the other side is like no fuck that we've like fuck that system we the people we're a collective we are the government we are this we're going to put this these people into power to make sure those systems cannot kill our people yeah that, that's what leftism Which, is essentially it's pe- like that's what government is meant to do is protect people from systems they yeah. have to play the game and a little the, bit create their own system to, to protect themselves but that's what a collective that's why communism is so like revolutionary in certain parts of the world is because it puts people at the center of the ideology even though people are still you know rights are trampled and um systems decisions are made to control a certain amount of power to be able to facilitate their end game with what they're trying to do but it's built yeah literally the people versus the system that crushes those people and that's those are the two sides of the coin yeah you you can't have collectivism without people going well i know what's good for the collective mm. or and and that and every time we've had communist countries it's been ah 
Well, now, in order to ensure that everyone is equal and that the state holds all the power so that everyone is equal and can be forced to be equal, Mm. we will just kill or imprison every single person who is above average in aptitude that could potentially get ahead. Yeah, I mean, they're speaking to the same thing, really, aren't they? If you imagine, uh, you know, there's one source of water for a collective society, and so those that represent just individual freedoms and people and just you know, survivalism and equality and all of that, they're going to say, well, everyone gets the same amount, everyone gets a little bit. Um, yeah. And then it's divided up evenly. That's only going to work as well as it's going to work. Then you've got the other side that says, no, fuck that. Um, I say, you know, we need more by default. So what we need less of is people. So um, we're going to kill 25% of the people only on your side because you know you, you're saying that everyone's equal so we'll just kill those ones and then we can get more of the share as, as a default right and it's like no no the other side will be like no nah, we're going to still split it up evenly and so you know you just end up with a natural cycle of yeah. that, that sort of thing happening it's like no no we need to divide the resources evenly and distribute them based <laughs> on people's needs no no we need yeah. to um, divide them up based on who's who needs them based on our own concept of what our needs actually are, which is to say that our needs are more important than yours by default because we're not, we don't want your needs. We want our needs. So, Yeah. What's one is sort of, and I've, I've always been against that concept that um, survival of the fittest is inherently capitalistic, Mm. but that the, the rights it's, it's one suggests that if you just, basically let anarchy reign then the the strong and the intelligent will work hard and build a world and those that work hard will you know take and support Mm. and you will build a world out of the freedom you provide as opposed to the the left wing which is if we try and orchestrate equality Mm. we can maintain sort of prosperity that way and Mm. neither of them work that's the that's the big truth that the world never seemed to, you know. Every every person that's pro capitalism will say communist didn't work. Yeah, communism spent its entire existence being shat on and actively shot in the knees by capitalist countries. Yeah, who had the resources to do shit shape and like on the down low to make sure that they could yeah. cripple whatever they got in their way. Um, and, and literally no kicking somebody down the stairs. Country yeah. has ever been successful. They've all had collapses of markets and things like that i mean even the most successful capitalist societies today which are still ongoing have only survived as long as they have because of bailouts through centralized taxation systems the only way that they can survive is using government to survive it's very bizarre they're not doing it in spite of um i think modern capitalism would have should have collapsed and likely would have collapsed without the interference of socialist movements in the west especially in america during the 1920s and 30s there's so many socialist yeah. regimes thrown through the government at that time but as soon as socialism got marred with communism everything started getting privatized in the wrong ways yeah uh it's just bizarre it's just but, it's yeah none of them ever worked we were just pretended they did and i i I mean, you get those reasonableist um, libertarian types in, in, in New Zealand, at least, where they talk about, oh, okay, well, we can't just ruin, like, completely get rid of tax, com- like, altogether because this country is so reliant on it at this point, so we can't tear it all away. 
we'll introduce a flat tax so everyone pays the same amount, including businesses. So, well, that's fine, mm. but you have to accommodate for the fact that no one under a certain pay scale spends any time trying to hide their money because they just yeah. they just pay and go and they, that's it, it's done. It's only those at the top who feel like they've got so much money, uh, 2% more than the next person down is, is diabolical, so I need to hide 16% of it and drop my tax rate all the way down so that you can't find this money. Yeah. But did you? I didn't realize and if we, until and if, if we went flat the other tax. day when I was discussing it. Hmm. You can you can structure a trust in such a way hmm. that somebody's possession, hmm. if the government tries to um like confiscate it, hmm. you can say, well, actually, the right of that, like the loss of those goods incurs a debt on the part of the owner mm. to this trust mm. and the trust will be paid back before the government. Mm. It's so you can yeah. default on a shitload of fines and have your car taken off you, but if you've structured your assets appropriately, you don't have to pay the government back. You just incur a debt to the trust and the um, vehicle, for example, could not be taken off you. Mm-hmm. Like that's... Massive, I didn't realize very, you could actually legally supersede the government. Yeah, it's odd. Eh? Um, unless, yeah, there's criminal acts associated with it where they can seize property and freeze assets, including those of a trust, um, which they can... Yeah, I mean, they could potentially freeze it, but the issue is that, yeah, it's still... You go, well, they go, we're taking that. Yeah. That's yours, and you did bad, and you say, well, actually, I don't own this. This party owns yeah. this, and I'm they just want using it. it. Yeah. So that's the that's the that's the risk of putting everything into a trust is if there's any criminality behind it, um, or you know, associated with it, the entire thing could be torn down because somebody in that circle was doing something sneaky. Um, I guess it just depends how well you manage. Exactly. To hide that yeah, money. yeah, yeah. And it depends what case is brought against you and from where and all of that jazz. But I mean, that's the a risk essentially. If it's all in house, and I mean, that's how so many places get torn down in terms of uh, because they hired a business manager who was technically funneling money away from the trust when it looked like they were paying the taxes on your behalf. Doesn't really happen in this country because a lot of it it's automated. Uh, but in the likes yeah. of America, where everyone has to pay their taxes. Um, and it doesn't just happen. Um, you see more of it, but yeah. What was I going to say? Oh yeah, with the whole idea of a flat tax. If you went that way, um, and said, okay, so cool. is that everyone gets taxed the same amount, and if you make more, you make more, or is it yep. like that? It's this percentage, and everyone pays this percentage of the wealth. Uh, it's it's this percent. So it's a it's a percentage. So everyone pays twenty five percent tax or fifteen percent tax across the board. Sure. Um, and we don't need to. Um, which means everyone gets a little bit more because. Uh, most yeah. people are paying more than that by default. So because everyone's getting more, we don't need all of these social services that supplement everyone's income. So it balances out. It's it's one half of a way to to a universal basic income, except it doesn't really work. Uh, because But the, the reason the supplements exist is because you can't trust people to do it properly with their own money. Exactly. Giving them extra money back doesn't solve the problem. No. Um, and with... <coughs> I'm, also not I, something a libertarian would understand. No. With with that approach, I'd be like, I'd be happy to to give that a go, but you do realise that because you're committing to pay the same amount of tax as everybody else, if 
we find that you are hiding any of this money offshore or doing something sneaky with it to lower your tax rate because lowering your tax rate doesn't exist but just funneling your income somewhere else so you don't have to pay tax on it at all yeah the penalties for that will basically be life imprisonment or death at your cost because <laughs> oh it can't be life imprisonment because the um the rule that you set up with this tax rate means that we don't really have prisons anymore we can't afford to have them in the way that you want so we we outsource all of our prisons and we send you to a third world country so pay all of your money that you are you earn in this country back into this country at the agreed upon rate like everyone else does even stevens which is exactly what you want it to be or suffer yeah. horrendous consequences no one earning less than six figures is going to bother trying to hide any of their money anyway um yeah. for the most part well, it's literally just going to let see, the system take them but those white collar crime them, should be the most horrendous thing that you do actually enforced yeah. crime because you're stealing from everyone yeah and it's a greed motivated crime whereas all the other crimes are usually motivated by desperation or people, despair and people from above you in terms of um earnings should be coming down on you so much harder than those below you to try to be like fuck you you um you know you, you've been just another rich person doing rich people things but it should have been you know the people who are richer than that person who committed the crime saying fuck you you're literally like pulling um the bottom stack of the pyramid out what are you doing yeah um, we're yeah. gonna fall if you do this sort of shit. So stop fucking doing it because we're all gonna we're all, we're all suffering for it. So pay your fucking share like we are. Um, yeah. That's the collectivism that should be like it shouldn't be a um, a ladder or a pyramid where it's people on top. And people, it should just literally just be a like well, no, I'm speaking to libertarianism now. But it should be a flat <laughs> circle and everyone should be able to lob shit in the same direction in any way and call people out in a similar way. But it doesn't happen that way. Yeah. Uh, I want to believe that technology could fix a lot of wrongs, but I think it's more likely to just do that whole thing that we were talking about the other day with the middle management of Amazon is now just algorithms. Yeah, which creates ultra-rich and ultra-poor and nothing in between. It doesn't really, like, it diminishes the middle class, which is what automation actually is doing. If if we automate all the middling payrolls, Mm. how will anyone ever rise anymore? Mm. It just won't. They can't. There well, are no. There we are no see, we see that. Upward. Yeah, we see that already, right? With those automated systems that do certain things in such a way that's that kind of descope people's job descriptions, um, and those lower bands that say, "Well, we've shifted the goalposts now because of all these other things. Look at all these amazing tools and opportunities you've got around you. Aren't you lucky?" Um, yeah. But now we don't need to really value you in the same way. So um you and because we've spent so much money bringing in these new systems that kind of undermine you to a certain degree make your lives easier full stop and across the board if there's a customer it makes it so much easier for them but for you doing the job we've spent so much money investing in this um we're going to stop investing in you to to yeah. meet that we'll give you a two percent pay rise when inflation three percent um or you know it's also two percent so you're breaking even you're not actually getting a pay rise but in 10 years when we've paid off this thing that we brought in to make your job easier, um, you've killed yourself, so it won't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of, um, so there's a new process in the United States that's being tested where you, um, you instead of having a student loan, mm. you just get your wages garnished by your university. Ooh. Huh? Now, think about that, if you will. What wages? Think about an old concept called indentured servitude. Yeah, it's um, 
it's serfdom, isn't it? It's exactly yeah, what it is. It, you it wanna, literally is. You want to live. Um, and, 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 and think about, you know, maybe you lose your job or you find a job that's different to the job that you thought you were going to get and the wage you are paid is different to what you like agreed to. Mm. All of a sudden you're getting penalized. What do those penalties do? Well, they increase the amount you have to repay. What if there's a massive economic downturn and you're out of work for a significant period of time? Mm. What's what's the end game of this? Oh, you just end up in in fucking yeah, an indentured servitude for the rest of your life. See, the penalties are, penalties as a concept fucking piss me off in that regard because interest rates are meant to um, completely make it unnecessary for uh, penalties and service costs and um, startup fees and all of that, all those standardised operating fees that they slap onto everything these days those things shouldn't fucking exist if you've got interest on either side of the coin if it's a negative you know we're charging you more interest because of this debt you own yeah versus um you've got x number of dollars in the bank account we're not charging you fees because your money is earning us interest so i mean yeah. if, if somebody loses the in the serfdom kind of uh economy that you've described if they're unable to suddenly you know, pay, have their, their their salary garnished to be able to pay for this ongoing cost that they've got, which is living um, uh, an academic lifestyle, then uh, then you just start, don't penalise them, but just be like, okay, cool, your, pay, your payments have stopped, so we're just going to start turning it into a student loan until such time as you can start chipping away at it again. It's not going to, yes, it's going to increase your costs, but it's essentially just bundling them all and holding them yeah. to, to such point but as you the, can start chipping, unless you want to stop your academic pursuits, in which case, cool, bye. We'll see you. You can pick this up in three years when you've got a, a decent salary again, or of six months when you're back on your feet, and you can start chipping away at this course again. It should be able to be a stop-start, as long as you can prove well, on paper you know that you're... You know it's predatory. No, of course it's it is. going to yeah. be a way to... But I mean, fuck people there, there are but ways once... where that kind of approach could work, where you literally pay as you go. Like you pay a fee out of yourself to be able to attend. You get you think of it like Netflix, right? You just get unlimited courses, up to like you can do uh, one degree. Oh, like, so uni is a subscription fee. Essentially, papers are subs- like you, so you can do X number of papers a year, which you know over the course of three years you're going to spend X number of dollars. It's just going to be garnished out of your salary until you or you know. So the sooner you get shit done, the better. But you've got to meet certain like you just make it a fuckload harder for people to pass so they actually try harder and take on less work to be able to make sure they do it right the first time instead of taking on six papers because they can subscribe to six in one month fail them all and then that's really where your economy comes from is people constantly failing and returning and doing it over and over and over again so it's the same schlobs who are depressed and are watching the office yeah. for the 10th time <laughs> willing to pay you're just talking about yourself now <laughs> A um, previous form of myself, but yeah, I mean, you could subscription-based um, education in that way. I, I think the problem with subscription-type models and those kind of tech industry models is yeah. that those are all designed to lose money for an extended period of time yeah. because they're so based on like startup way. funds yeah. until they eventually starve their competition out of the market and mm. then they can set the price to be whatever they want. Mm. So I, I don't know how they would work with the university with I the think actual operating costs, yeah. but... It's interesting. Um, if you digitize it all, though, and you just have people who log in and jump into a fucking Skype session with a professor... Yeah, but they it, don't digitize all that shit on purpose. Yeah. But imagine why if they you, make you some, buy a house worth of education yeah. that they arbitrarily create the price for because the price has nothing to do with the educational costs. So, I mean, and what we're describing they're also in cahoots with the bank who gave yeah. you the loan anyway. Right? So... 
it, it is just a debt production factory to yeah. ensure that you are never. Which well, I mean, what you're describing there is to buy a house. Yeah. You basically have to get in debt to exist because no company can ever really pay you enough to survive. Oh, but a credit score at a young age is a very good thing. That's what they tell you. Um, <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. But I mean, what you've described is essentially um, cable TV. We are in surfing now. Yeah, I mean, what you've described is cable TV without a competitor like Netflix coming out of nowhere with this new business model and just disrupting. I mean, you can't do it to the to the degree that you'd like. Um, I mean, you've got so many online courses these days and they don't matter, like... People want an experience when they yeah. study, so it's never going to be a fully digitized experience. People want to be able to communicate yeah. and talk. And well, the university industry ensures that the credentials of those um, free online type deals never stack up. So just because you have the skills, if you don't have a piece of paper from the school that matters, then it's irrelevant. Exactly. Um, and I mean, people just want to be able to go away for three years and drink and fuck, um, yeah. which is absolutely fine. It's exactly what people who finish high school should be allowed to do. Um and get something yeah, out well, of it. You means. shouldn't do it university. You should just do it in the fucking world. Yeah, exactly. You're going to think to do that. Just take a loan and go traveling. Just, um, just yeah, go traveling and buy your buy a uh, like a small house in a university town um, that's very much near a university. <laughs> um, yeah. So that when you're not traveling and you're back at your home base, you know, saving money and just living a normal life, you can basically just walk into those universities and fuck college-age people like you normally would want to anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so you have the, the college experience without actually going, going to, to college. college. Yeah, because when, the, the education is irrelevant. It's yeah. the life when everyone's too busy because of midterms, you're like, okay, cool, I'm just going to go to Vietnam. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this has been Wide Shot. We out. <laughs>